Keystone Creamery, we're all about freshness. That's why we make our ice cream, yogurt, and sorbet fresh in every store. We mix it on our frozen stone with delicious mix-ins you select to customize your personal treat. And now for a limited time, you can really indulge with our new sea salt vanilla bean ice cream. Or on the lighter side, try our new hibiscus sorbet or triple berry frozen yogurt. Cold Stone Creamery, making fresh batches of ice cream, yogurt, and sorbet in every store. Welcome to Crime Wire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my co-host Delilah Jones and I will be discussing the August 7, 2006 murder of 17-year-old Robert Christopher Placencia in Sacramento, California. And joining us tonight to talk about the case are Robert's mother, Debbie Vasquez Melendez, excuse me, Debbie Vasquez, Jean Cervantes of Citizens Against Homicide, and Sacramento Police Department Detective Jason Kirtland. Debbie, Jean, and Detective Kirtland, welcome to CrimeWire. Thank you, Danny. Good evening. Glad to be here. Um, Why don't we start out, uh, Debbie, if, if you would, Give us a little background about your son. Tell us uh, tell us what you can about him, please. Well, Robert was a very, I don't know, he was very loving, very, we, his family called him Fat Boy because he was, he was only 17, but he was very big stature. He was tall and a little on the chunky side, and he loved his son. He loved his fiance and he loved his family. And he was going to school. He was going to Cal, Cal Polytech in the um, Army Depot. That's where he was last going to school. He was trying to better give him a better life for him and his fiance and his son. And Debbie, what uh, did he have a nickname for his son? I. But um, what was it? I'm trying to talk to my daughter. That's why I have my I have my daughter here because a lot oh, of the okay. stuff I, I just I think, it's not that I want to forget it, but that I forget. I think, I think I called, read it, he called him Junebug. Junebug, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes, Junebug. Yes. Okay. Um, now, Jean, let me switch to you for a minute. Uh, Citizens Against Homicide. Uh, is a victim's advocacy nonprofit organization, and uh, this case is one that Citizens Against Homicide is uh, is involved in on behalf of Debbie. Uh, Jean, can you tell us what your knowledge is of, uh, of what happened? Well, uh, back in uh, April of 2011, uh, Debbie uh, reached out to our organization and. Um, uh, told us about uh, the uh, the murder of her son and gave me the information that I needed to contact uh, 
Detective Kirkland and so I had a halfway decent conversation uh, with, with the information Debbie gave me. And uh, what I do know is that uh, he was walking home with um, uh, from his father's home about uh, 10 p.m. Uh, in, in a um, uh, neighborhood out there in the south uh, South Sacramento area. And uh, for some unknown reason, he was um, uh, shot and killed. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, apparently something happened. Debbie or, or Detective Curtis, maybe you can refresh my memory, but wasn't there uh, an altercation at first? Somebody hit him with a bottle or, or some, something like that? And then uh, the guns came out and uh, started shooting. So, uh, Detective Kirtland, uh, this is uh, obviously this still an open open case. No one's been uh, arrested or charged yet. Um, what well, what is your understanding of the events that happened uh, back in two thousand six? Well, yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Savanez did a did a pretty good job in summarizing. Uh, unfortunately, the the little information that we do know, but uh, Robert was on his way home uh, on foot uh, to his mother's house there in South Sacramento, uh, off the Tamish Center Way, when uh, we do believe an altercation occurred between at least Robert and one, um, if not two, individuals. Um, and Mr. Cervantes said there there was evidence of a broken bottle at the scene um, and and numerous shell casings uh, near and, and around uh, Robert's body there on the side of Tamish Center. Um, the information that we have was, was very limited at the time, uh, and it continues to be limited. We just don't have that person. Uh, we haven't found that person who wants to come forward and shed some light on uh, on precisely what happened and, and who's responsible for the crime. Uh, the evidence was, uh, I think you mentioned, rather rather scanty or scarce. Was there any uh, DNA, perchance, that was found that could possibly in the future match up or no? Well, that's one thing that we're we're hopeful for with the advancements with DNA since 2006. Uh, we have rerun several items uh, that were located at the scene, uh, but uh, unfortunately, the advancements, advancements with DNA on fired shell casings uh, or and or fingerprints on those fired shell casings is just not where it needs to be at this point. Uh, there are other items that we've tested uh, back in '06, and then again as recently as about 2012. Uh, so we're still hoping that um, with the advancements that that we would luck out and uh, make a match uh, in time. And I, my my understanding is that there, because of all the advances in technology, um, that virtually today there's always hope. I mean, years ago you might have thought, well, if you didn't, uh, you know, if you were a little uh, weak on the evidence end or something that uh, couldn't come up with an eyewitness or that type of thing, that that maybe it was, uh, you know, it was never be solved. But God, the people the cases are more and more are getting solved and even people getting out of prison who were wrongly convicted. So there's been a lot of activity in the, uh, in the technical advances. 
you, you are correct in that. Uh, there, there are some great science, um, some some great scientists doing uh, good things for, for like you said, both both victims uh, of crime and those who are wrongly uh, convicted. So it's, it's working both ways in, in this criminal justice system, and and we're hopeful not only for the uh, Robert Placencia case, but for other cases as, as well that it'll lead us to to making that arrest and and finding. Giving a little peace to the to the families who still want uh, somebody held responsible for the murder of their loved one. Yeah, uh, Gene, did Citizens Against Homicide? I know you put billboards on occasion. Did you do a billboard in this case? Uh, yes, we did, Denny. Back in May of um, 2011, um, uh, Detective Kirkland and I uh, talked about the placement and. Um, Talk, I talked with Debbie also, and uh, uh, we came up with a fantastic location, uh, very visible, uh, and we had the um, uh, fortunate uh, uh, pleasure of having the press there. Uh, I mean, there was quite a quite a big showing of uh, citizens, uh, law enforcement, as well as the press, and they, they did a fantastic job. Of, Providing coverage, um, and we had the billboard up, uh, and um, unfortunately there were no tips uh, that I know of that came in. But uh, um, we're entertaining the thought of putting another one up, um, but uh, I'd have to check with the uh, the people who uh, put it up first time because. Um, Unfortunately, we haven't had one in so many years since Governor Brown took office. Um, <coughs> wards, uh, he's, uh, I don't know, for some reason or other, he doesn't want to um, um, comply with the um, request from uh, elected, uh, elected sheriffs or uh, police um, chiefs throughout the state when they request a Proclamation for reward. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to approve any. But uh, this is an old case. The reward has already been approved by Governor Schwarzenegger, ex Governor Schwarzenegger, and uh, uh, the reward is fifty thousand dollars. And we, I believe, want to put up another one. But I have to get the okay from everybody. Please, the. You'd think that kind of money would uh, would draw somebody out, wouldn't you? It's, it seems that that, that right. would be appealing to somebody. Maybe have there been tips that have come in as a result of the reward money that's been put up? Uh, if you're if you're asking me, the uh, uh unfortunately, that. Uh, no, we have not received uh, any any tips with that that were substantial in nature that we could follow up on. Um, at th- at this point, what we need is somebody that has firsthand knowledge and uh, recipient witness to the crime uh, to help us solve it and gain a conviction. And then we would, the state of California would love to pay out the fifty thousand dollars on that that governor's reward, certainly. Uh, Detective, before we forget, why don't you, uh, for the for the listeners, tell them how they could contact you 
should they have any information that, that may advance the investigation? Sure, absolutely. Uh, again, my name is Jason, um, and you can reach me at area code 916-808-0678. And that is my desk line that uh, has a voicemail. If I'm, if I'm not on my desk, they leave me a voicemail. Um, I, I'd prefer a, a name and a phone number to call back, but uh, if, if you're not inclined to do so, then certainly any information that you can provide, I'll leave it on my voicemail, and uh, I'll go from there. Uh, Debbie, uh, uh, the question I'm going to ask you, I'm sure you've answered it to uh, the detective and uh, probably to Gene and a lot of other people, but for the benefit of uh, people not familiar with this case, uh did your son have any enemies? I mean, did, did did you think this was just a random act or a mistake in identity, or do you think someone specifically targeted your son? Um, I don't. I I don't recall him having any enemies at all. He wasn't the kind of person that would um, start any fights or uh, be around people that he shouldn't be around. He just thought about his fiance and his and his son. So. He wasn't really out and about. The, the only reason why he was out as late as he was that night was um, he was returning. His stepfather had asked him to to get a – it was a game that he left at his father, so he had to go back over there and get it and then come back because it, it, it was one of his stepdad's um, friend's game. So he wanted it back because he was going to work the next day, and that's why he had asked that Robert go over there and get it. And the detective, is that basically the, the pretty good operating theory? It was just a random kind of a fluke thing? He was in the wrong place at the wrong time? Well, you know, based on the limited amount of contacts that uh, Robert had had with the police department, and I, I believe it was only one on a curfew contact, uh, yeah. you know, Robert, Robert was not gang-affiliated. He was a good kid by all measures. Um, and I'll share this with you, Denny. It, the the amount of times that Robert was shot, it was multiple. Uh, it, it indicates it was more of a personal uh, attack than versus a random attack. So uh, we we do believe that uh, based on the evidence, based on the injuries, that uh, this this was a personal attack on on Robert versus a random attack. Okay. Um, is is the area? I'm not familiar with Sacramento. Is the is the neighborhood uh, generally a fairly quiet, uh, safe area, or is it is it a tough area? Well, it's uh, interesting you ask that question. Uh, in that area, um, around August seventh of two thousand and six, we had three homicides within about a a five block radius there within uh, two days. Uh, we don't we do not believe that any of them were related. Um, arrests have been made on the other two homicides, and there were, were, are no links to to Robert's case. Um, the the neighborhood in general um, in 2016, uh, I would say it's a it's a better place to live. It's a safer neighborhood than it was back in 2006. But but back then it was a, it was a little rough. Well, what uh, kind of I'm sorry, what kind of public awareness um, events or programs have been done for this case since 2006? I mean, is, has it been something that's kept out into the public eye, maybe 
you know, news stories or billboards, um, what's been done there? Debbie, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, um, we did a it, – it's been kept out a lot. It's just recently that it hasn't been anywhere. And even um, now, we, we've been in the papers. Nancy Grace had his, his picture in on her um, program. Uh, we've done um, Victory of uh, – no, what was it called, Kathy? Victims of Violence. We did a walk just recently, I think within the, couple, the last couple of years. We've done that. And um, – so, so social media, I'm always putting it up there. My family, my his brothers and his sisters are always putting something on there. You know, we're, we keep on repeating and repeating and letting people know that we're still looking for justice. And so I, my sister who lives in Stockton brings down a banner um, that has all the information. It's like the billboard. And we walk around with that. Debbie, Debbie uh, did, didn't you pass out a bunch of flyers and do some uh, local television interviews? Uh, uh, my memory is yes. kind of, uh, okay. We were passing out flyers in that area, and when we would pass them out in that area, um, they were getting ripped down as soon as we put, put them up. But it's kind of funny because we didn't. we only lived there four months before my son was murdered so we barely we just moved into that area he we lived in oak park which was um i would call a a worse neighborhood we lived they've lived there all their life all my kids we've lived there all our life and it was just the last four months that we moved into this area into metaview area detective let me ask you something we talked a few minutes ago about advances in, in the technology and DNA and so forth. But in addition to, uh, to those things, uh, is it possible sometimes that when a case is, is an older case and it's been cold uh, or a so-called cold case for several years on South case, that sometimes the circumstances of the perpetrator or perpetrators can change where maybe uh, maybe somebody who knows something at, at initially was reluctant to talk or had some type of relationship uh, with, with the other person and and didn't want to say anything, and then maybe they have a falling out later on, and maybe maybe the circumstances change um, several years after the event. A person may be willing to come forward that wasn't willing to at the beginning. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we we really revisited this case uh, about three years ago, and uh, we we did exactly that, uh, Denny, and um, we went back to to people who were who were close to the investigation, um, family members of um, of Robert's girlfriend at the time, and and her family, people that we felt may have knowledge uh, in regards to this. And uh, like you said, there there was a falling out um, with with a certain relationship of somebody that um, that we thought might have some knowledge. And we went as far as uh, conducting polygraph examinations, which which turned out inconclusive. Um, so we feel that there are certainly people out there that know precisely what happened, 
And at this point, uh, for whatever reason, they're fearful uh, of coming forward. And, you know, as we're talking about here, Debbie has been um, been living with this since 2006, and, and we would like nothing more than to, to get the justice that, that she seeks and, and just that the community seeks um, at this point. You know, I'm wondering sometimes, you're mentioning that, that there, there has been activity on the case from the investigative end. Uh, is I know that we always tend to talk about cold cases, but I mm-hmm. think some some cases are, in fact, cold in the sense that nobody's working them. They're, they're kind of on a shelf somewhere or in a, in a file cabinet or what have you, and uh, I consider them to be really cold, not just unsolved sure. or not just older, but, but actually cold. But but this case is, is not in that category, I don't think. I mean, you, you and your department have been uh, paying attention to it and, and actively looking to solve it. You're absolutely correct. I was one of the original responding detectives back in 2006, and I'm still currently in the homicide unit. Um, I have people that, that I feel have information on this that I have on watch lists, and I'm hopeful that they get uh, arrested uh, for a different crime and seek a avenue to uh, not do jail time in lieu of giving information. So when the time comes, and if and when that happens, if if certain people get contacted and arrested by local law enforcement, um, I will be notified, and I will make my pitch, um, and, and... Hopefully they'll be able to be be in a position and willing to work with me uh, in regards to giving me information to to help give us another uh, another lead potentially or, or even lead us to the suspect. I I got to say, uh, Debbie, if, uh, you are very very fortunate to have the detective working in this uh, uh, because we other cases that get the attention that detective Kirtland is giving to this. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're very fortunate to have an ally like that, uh, on the case with you. So, uh, that's something certainly to be thankful for. And, and I've got to believe that when everyone is dedicated, uh, including you, Debbie, uh, citizens against homicide, uh, detective Kirtland, when, when you get all these people, who are determined not to let this thing go and just say, oh, you know, we're going to move on, forget about it. Uh, I, I got to believe that good things are, will happen uh, because it's with the technology of changing circumstances, the point is the case is being kept out there and it's being worked on and eventually somebody's going to get caught up in something like the detective said, maybe want to make a deal, maybe uh, – you know, maybe want revenge against somebody, whatever the motivation, and uh, and that. So it, this is one of the uh, so-called cold cases that that um, sounds to me like it's got a lot of potential for resolution. Now, you know, obviously, nothing's cast in stone, but uh, we've seen so many that aren't worked on, and uh, those cases when when you don't have anyone but maybe the the family interested in it, I think that makes it a lot tougher. So you are very fortunate to have the people involved in this that are involved in it. Yes, I am fortunate, and I'm very grateful. I've, I've 
told Detective Curlin many a times and, and Gene and Shelley too many a times that I'm so grateful for them. It just gets frustrating. We're going on the 10th year and um, with every time we call and there's no lead, there's not any, nothing, it gets very frustrating. I mean, it's like I'm, I feel stuck half the time, you know, I feel numb half the time. I mean, when birthdays come around and holidays and, and not to know why, I, I thought that was one of my questions was to ask the murderers why, you know, I don't know what my son could have done to make them so angry that they would do that. Um, but I am it, grateful. That, that, I don't know how you feel about this, Debbie, but, um, I I tend to be a little reluctant to use the word closure. When mm-hmm. I think of closure, I'm thinking that uh, it's like it never happened, that, that something magical happens and it's like the person never existed and everybody just goes on with whatever they were doing. And I don't think the family ever has closure to that degree. But I like to think of it as resolution, like you were just saying, at least to, to the answer of who and why. Why did yes. this happen? At least that's if, if you can have some understanding of why this came down, um, and obviously by who you know uh, who was responsible. So uh, a resolution, I, I think, is is very important. And I fortunately am not in the, that position myself, but it, I can only imagine how frustrating it is to have the years go by and, and, you know, without the resolution. So I, I can appreciate um, what it must be like to have to go through that year after year. But um, thank God you're sticking to it. You know, some people get beaten down and uh, and they just get frustrated and annoyed and upset and discouraged. And I think when that happens, and I can understand it happening, it's a tough tough thing to have to go through constantly but when you give up I I think the chances for resolution then are really remote so again that determination that you have not to let it drop and um, and the the people with that same goal uh, uh, puts you in a a much better position than a lot of the people that we talk to I got to tell you that yes and and my favor, I mean my 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 faith it wavers, it wavers back and forth. I mean I get like to where I want to get depressed, but then when things like this, like the new crime war, things come out, it gives us hope again. And we go through that a lot, but we free, we refuse all of us, all my children, we refuse to give up. My family refuses to give up, you know, even though because when my son was murdered a year and a half later, my husband died, and I'm dealing with a uh, uh, health issues, so. It, that makes it hard, you know. And one thing I would love just to have, just to have someone come forth, you know, and just to, if they were in my shoes, what would they do, you know? Yes. Vinny, yeah. uh, uh, when you um, talk about Debbie's uh, drive and uh, initiative to keep this uh, campaign to to find her son's murderer going, um, th- that's why it's very um, it- it's very much a pleasure working with uh, Debbie. She-, she shows that drive 
in our conversations. I pick it up, and and it it, it always makes me um, want to help because she wants to help. There are so many families that, that want me to do everything, and, and quite honestly, Citizens Against Homicide can't do everything. Uh, I wish we could, but Debbie's um, Debbie's uh, activism in the uh, in, in the quest to find the murderer of her son is is to be commended, and and I enjoy working with her. She's done so much. We've even been to her. Uh, uh, I guess had that potluck that we went to, Debbie. You you remember that? Uh, that was for his anniversary. Yeah. For Rob. Um, yeah, and we were there for the for the uh, unveiling of the uh, uh, billboard, and we live about ninety miles uh, away, so it was uh, no no question that we weren't going to go. We, you know, I told my wife, as a Shelley, we've got to be there, and she says, no question, we got to go. So. I drive 200 miles when a, <laughs> hmm. when a family for, for any family who's willing to pull up the sleeves and say, what do we do? What do you want me to do? I enjoy working with people who who want to help. And you know, one other thing, one other quick thing, Executive uh, Kirtland, uh, I, there were some things that he said that now I'm having a little problem because you know uh, I've heard way back when I, I I don't even know where I heard it or where I read it but uh, I jotted it down and I went through some old notes and the murders uh, the motive for murders generally is profit revenge jealousy conceal of crime and avoid humiliation and disgrace and none of these fit this. Um, uh, 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 Tragic murder of Robert, uh, unless it was uh, revenge, but revenge for what? You know, I'm asking <laughs> the same questions as Debbie's asking. You know, why? Why would somebody target Robert? Just walking home, minding his own business. Um, somebody's out well, there with some, you know, come forward. Now you're. You're absolutely right. The motive was the was the most difficult part for uh, myself and my my partner on this case, Detective Higgins, to to try to uh, establish. And we're we're pointing in a direction, um, but at this point, we can't say that we certainly have a concrete motive. Um, but like right. you know, like I said, other than the multiple multiple shell casings and and the multiple times that um, that Robert was shot, and it was a, a personal attack. Uh, that, that kind of points us in uh, in a direction we think that leads us uh, in the right direction. But uh, again, uh, until that until that person or, or, or persons comes forward and gives us the information that uh, helps us cement that that motive and and point the finger at somebody, and um, that, that's that's where we're we're tied up at this point. You know, detective, you mentioned that. You you have some ideas and so forth, and uh, um, I know, and I, I don't think I'm in error here that 
from my previous uh, life as an investigator that there are many times where you you know in your gut what happened uh, or you're you're quite sure you know and you just are a little short on the proof end a little tad short and and being able to act on it and um, I, I I don't know how, you know if you're that close in this case but you might agree that there are certain cases where you just know you you know it and it's a matter of getting that final uh, corroboration or the final piece uh, to move forward with it and uh, I can think of two or three cases from my past right now that still haunt me because I know mm. we were that close. I, I just I just know we were we were almost there, but <clears throat> they didn't come in. Some of them did, but there are a couple of three that man, I just you know um, I still think about them on occasion. But uh, obviously, that's the system we're in. You 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 have to have you have to have the goods, but. Uh, it is uh, frustrating. I, I understand it's frustrating for Debbie. It's also, in certain cases, frustrating for the investigators when when you think you're there and you're not. You know. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I'm sure it's no no different from the uh, the, the police department where where you worked. But uh, we have a, a district attorney's office that needs to prove a case uh, to, to 12 jurors. And all twelve. And if he doesn't feel that that we have the goods, uh, then then he's not going to go forward with the case. Um, this case, uh, Robert's case, has been uh, somewhat frustrating in that um, when we want to talk to people about Robert, about Robert's life, about Robert's death, people refuse to talk to us. And and that's the most difficult thing as an investigator that we have to deal with because we know we're on the right track. And when people stall and and ultimately just refuse to speak with us, then obviously we feel that we're on the right track. But but like you say, you have to have the goods, and and so far, thus far, we just don't. Uh, You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about advances in technology. I'll just run something uh, past you, Detective, if it's anything you've heard of. But there's a... A laboratory now that's doing DNA analysis, and it's called Snapshot. Are you familiar with that program? Uh, I, I believe I am. I don't know if I've heard it called Snapshot, but but please uh, educate me. Well, what it is uh, the the program, and after the uh, the sample is, is is tested, they run the results through this software program called Snapshot, and it will actually create a composite drawing of the perpetrator. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and apparently they can do that, uh, well, obviously, if there was, if it's a recovered human remains, for example, unidentified human remains, they can they can come up with what the person's ethnicity, what, the, what they would have looked like, uh, hair color, eye color, all that kind of stuff. And then... Um, they can also supplement if you had a uh, an eyewitness do a, a sketch, a composite drawing, um, and and use the DNA because that's going to have certain things that are that are solid uh, genetically. Where maybe an eyewitness could be a little confused, or somebody could have altered their hair color, that type of thing. But uh, sure. 
it it sounds like quite a deal. It's 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 pretty new. Um, uh, I'm thinking that might have some pretty good potential too. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to certainly look into that. We have a couple cold case detectives, and I'll uh, I'll meet with them next week and see if that's something that they have ever used or uh, have considered using, and maybe they have some more uh, some more information that uh, might, might, we might find useful in this case. Certainly. Jenny? Yes. You there? I'm here. I think we lost somebody. I, I uh, think we may yeah. have lost Denny. Are you there, Denny? I, I guess not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you guys ignoring me? Uh, there you oh, are. There you are. We couldn't hear you, Jenny. We thought you were gone. <laughs> Oh no! I was I've been I've been yapping away here. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Nobody was hearing. Nobody was hearing. But uh, detective, if if you uh, if that's anything of interest, then uh, you know we can send you an email with the links on it. Uh, that be that, yeah that yes that certainly that would be great. Okay yeah and you you can check it out and see if it's anything you think has potential. Certainly. Um, Delilah, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to take up all the time here. No, I think you did a great job, Teddy. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really pleased that we were able to, pre, you know, present this this case because somebody out there holds the key, they hold the clue, they they hold the answers in their hands, and they know who they are. And if this show or you know one little thing that we do can make a difference for that person to come forward and tell what they know. It could mean the world to this family. Can I say something real quick? Certainly. Absolutely. Um, I am, my, my son's son, Robert, little Rob, he's eight or nine by now? No. 11. He's 11. Sorry. He's 11 right now. I have no... No relationship with them. I have no relationship with them because, uh, well, first of all, the me and the mother were were not really close anymore, and I feel like the murders took that away also because, without my son being here, I have no. I know there's grandmother's rights and this and that, but I mean the pain because he looks exactly like my son did when he was small. So a lot of it is the pain. A lot of it is um, bumping heads with her. I mean, not, it's not anything really bad. It's just that she expects certain things and I expect certain things. I have almost 13 grandchildren. I think it is. And I have a relationship with almost every one of them, and I don't have one with Robert, and I feel like that has been taken from not only me, but the other brothers and his his sisters, you know, so I just, I just, I hope that anybody who does listen, that they will have some kind of compassion, some kind of conviction, and if they know anything, that they would bring it to, you know, there is $50,000, and of course, they're saying that, oh, no one likes a snitch, no one likes a snitch, you know, 
no one's willing to talk. And, and I had been sitting out there where Robert was killed before. I would go over there until we moved. I was sitting at that site, and I would be crying and sitting there, and, and kids would come up to me, and they would say things, and different people would come up to me and say things, you know, like whatever they thought was happening. And then people, other people would just come around and say, get away from her or whatever. But I feel, I mean, I've gone on with my life, but I'm not really moving it's just emotions. I I can't. I would like to have a relationship with my grandson because that's part of my son, and I can't have that if I can't if I can't be good enough for him. My other kids, they know when I sit here and I, if I'm, you know, talking about Robert or if I start crying or if I'm sitting there and you know because it happens a lot. You know, I I think of my son a lot, and um, my other grandkids know exactly what to do they'll just sit by me they'll hug me or whatever I want to be able to tell little Rob about his father I don't know what they're telling they call him Bobby over there you know and Robert he was little Rob that's that's who my son used to call he didn't even get to call my son daddy he didn't get to say that he didn't even get to live long enough to hear that you know and I'm just I just want someone to come forward that's Detective Kerman has heard me a lot I mean I've called him and cried and I am grateful for for him and he listens to me and he, he hears everything I say and I try not to be so frustrated and upset but I do call him and he does listen but I just want this and I, I understand I, I heard your your blog um Denny that um that you were saying about closure I want justice I want them to pay for what they did I want to be able to say I I'm a Christian woman and I want to be able to say, I forgive them, but who am I forgiving? I don't even know who I'm forgiving. So how can I forgive? How can I look them in their eyes and take that power away from them? You know, I'm just, I just, uh, I just have to keep my faith up. I, I believe in, in God, and I believe that there's a reason for everything, and I believe that that I will never give up or give in, but I just want like you said, I just want justice. I want my family to be able to. I have two bottles. I have two bottles of, um, what is it called? Sparkling cider. I've had them for like eight years, I think. I take them, I've moved two different times, and I've had those bottles, and I said I wouldn't open them until Robert's case was solved. And I haven't. I'm, not, I'm saving them. I'm saving them for that. They probably won't taste very good, but I, I have <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll 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 taste sweet when that happens. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the Gene, now did you say you you've got uh, you're working on another another billboard? You're trying to get things lined up. Yeah. Um, there's some things that we do that we don't always contact the family, like when we uh, what we do eventually uh, we. We ran the uh, profile on Robert a second time, which we don't normally do uh, in our newsletter. And um, uh, I don't know if Debbie, because I know Debbie reads the uh, the newsletter. Uh, yes. Yeah, and we ran it a second time. Uh, I forget when, but it was about a year ago. I would say September. 10 months ago. September? Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was because uh, I wanted to have it for August, which was the anniversary. 
And yeah, you're right. It was a, a month. We we were a month late, and um, so we ran it a second time. And um, now I want to do a, a billboard for a second time. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything oh. in, until I get you know the um, permission, the authorization to do so. But cat's out of the bag, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. We're uh, uh, we're running close to out of time. I, I want to take the last few seconds. Um, Detective, I, I'd like to close with you giving your contact information again for your phone number. Um, and before I do that, uh, I just want to extend an invitation to you. If, you're, if you have any other cases that you think we might be able to do you some good by a little, uh, you know, uh, profiling the case on the show, all you got to do is let us know and we'll uh, we'll take care of it. So that's an open invitation if you think we can be of any assistance. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I'll certainly spread the word amongst the uh, my, my fellow 11 other detectives I work with in the homicide unit, uh, as well as the cold case detectives. Um, Denny, I, I appreciate the time and, and getting Debbie and Jean on the phone here, and um, I think it's, it's been a, it's, it's a good effort, and it's, it's a worthwhile cause that you're putting forward. Uh, I can be reached. My name is Detective Jason Kirtland. 916-808-0678. And if anybody feels inclined to call, um, I will listen to every and anything, no matter how small, how slight. Um, you never know. It might get me to where I need to be so we can get uh, Debbie some justice and, and some resolution uh, to this situation. Well, thank you very much, everybody. It's been uh, uh, obviously a, a a bad subject, but very uh, nice knowing, meeting you folks and knowing what's going on here to try to get Debbie and her family the resolution and the justice that they're seeking. So I, I want to thank uh, Citizens Against Homicide and you, Detective, for, for your efforts. Uh, um, I can't say enough uh, about what a great thing that is. And uh, hopefully that... Uh, that somewhere along the line here, something will break and, uh, and this thing can be resolved. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, good night. And until night. next time, join us again for the next episode of CrimeWire. Is, <laughs> Is anybody there? Is anybody there? <laughs> Let me get one with the other one. Okay. Make mom's magic moment at Cold Stone Creamery. Celebrate Mother's Day with our handcrafted strawberry splendor ice cream cake. Enjoy layers of moist yellow cake and sweet cream ice cream with strawberry puree. Wrapped in fluffy white frosting and cascading strawberry glaze. Order yours online at coldstonecakes.com and we'll handcraft it fresh for your mom right in our store. Available for a limited time only at Cold Stone Creamery. Making fresh batches of ice cream and handcrafted cakes in every store.